podcast. Fuck you, everybody. And today we have the mighty. Actually, no, I won't speak on you. I think I'll let you um, speak for yourself. Um, introduce yourself as well as your pronouns and uh, everything that comes after I am for you. Kiro Koto Katsu. My name is Michael Moore. I'm a spoken word poet uh, from the White Katsu, and I also work as a creative developer. Koto Piritimonga, Wakato Teowa, Tainui Tiwaka. Uh, he, him, um, but I have had life experiences where I've bounced outside of that as well. Beautiful. I think that's the true nature. <laughs> right. Yeah. Right. No, 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 we're not going to, we're not going to pass that, uh, jump yeah. into that. Yeah, we're going to, oh, right now? Yeah, yeah go, Helen. Uh, so yeah, as a writer, um, I was working on a thing called the manuscripts, which was to help young boys move through a rite of passage that just doesn't exist in today's society. Mm. Um, rangatahi Māori, yeah, but also you know, a bunch of other walks of life um, in our community that are not represented or identified. And I was figuring out how to try to do that through spoken word poetry about raising the message, messages up of these young people and, and creating a platform for uh, young men to kind of really share testimony and break break the shell of um, the reality that exists around them. I often say that um, for our young men, uh, you know, you need to have a system of beliefs that's more powerful than the oppressive, crappy reality in which you live. Or else, you know, without a system of beliefs that's deeper and more uh, powerful than that, then what reality do you have but the one that's presented to you? And uh, as a young man, I remember suffering under the, the reality in which I lived as an urbanised young Māori. Um, so fast forward into 2019. So last year, wow, yeah, last year. Mm. Um, working on that project uh, had kind of brought me to a place where I was like, I actually need to develop as a writer um, and I need to deepen my roots as an Indigenous storyteller. Uh, often... And, and still, I feel like a baby crawling around in the heart, looking at the, you know, and I and I can only kind of make sense of some of the sounds that it's making, but but I don't fully understand it mm. in terms, and that's kind of how I see um, my understanding of Te Ao Māori. Mm. I'm still just a baby crawling ar- around in the heart of um, Te Ao Māori, making sounds of what I see. Um, so I travelled to Canada, uh, Banff in Canada, uh, for Indigenous Writers Residency. Um, and on arrival, uh, or maybe not on arrival, but when I when we had our first session together with the group, uh, there was poets from all around the world. Um, Tira Moana Rapley was there, uh, a friend of mine, Marina Alafosil, uh, and then big player house like names, yeah, absolutely, and just powerhouse mm. woman, you know, that mm. um, that was that schooled me up <laughs> my time uh, time being there. And then I realised that uh, it was a group of 12 of us and that I was the only man in the group. So mm. I, I realised I was in for a good uh, hiding. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, in terms of breaking my own shell. Mm. Um, so I tried I tried really hard to kind of open my heart to that. Mm. Actually, no, I didn't try hard. It just kind of it happened to me. Uh, so we're sitting in this first session um, and we had two of the Cree elders come in um, and do a session with us about um, about life, really, you know. Um, and they got to this point where they were talking about um, how we identify as human beings. So gender for them was less about physical assignment and more about how the spirit moves. So they had all of these um, identifiable ways of being mm. that they were starting to explain to us. And a crazy thing happened in that moment. So we're watching these two elders, uh, you know, an elder Cree man and an Arnold Cree woman, um, Jerry and Joanne Saddleback are their names. Mm. And we and I'm actually watching them move from masculine to feminine, masculine to feminine, and each of them would just play one role, you know. Uh, so like the um, Jerry would get up and he'd be, he would present as in this powerful mm. feminine kind of embodiment. Uh, and then his wife would get up and she'd be completely masculine and just drive the messages home, you know. And you'll miss it. You'd miss it, you know, if you weren't watching. 
Mm. You'd miss it if you weren't watching. Um, but while they're talking, I just get this image of my in my mind where, so Joanna's talking, right? But but now she's like talking to me in my brain. <laughs> but while she's talking to the group, and I just see her raise her finger up, and she's like, "Come and sit next to me." But that's not happening in real life. No, no, yeah. <laughs> this is happening in my mind. And so I travel, I mean, so I walk across the room and sit next to her. And she holds up her finger and she says to me, um, if this is the meaning of life, my finger is the meaning of life or the purpose of life, and I'm a woman and you're a man, what do you see? And naturally, my natural inclination was to kind of try to look around the finger to get more perspective. Mm. And she's like, no, you're a man, fixed position. What do you see? And I said, oh, okay, well then, I see this side of the finger. Mm. you know." And then she said, cool, on this side, I see this side of the finger. And then to give me something identifiable, recognizable from, from the world that we live in, she started to say, well, what if I put an L here and a B here and a G here and a T here and a Q here and a 2 here, you know? around this finger mm. that represented the purpose of life. And she said, now what do you gain with all of these other recognisable, identifiable walks of life? And I said, more perspective about the purpose of life. Mm. And she said to me, yeah. <laughs> While you're here, you'll spend the least amount of time that you've ever spent being a man. Mm. (laughs) (laughs) Wait, so... And so it was uh, in that experience that I learned to bounce outside of all the things that I had um, accumulated in my life experience about being a man. And it was a completely freeing experience to move and gain more perspective about the purpose of life but also about the plight of other walks of life and you find this common struggle you know you you find this common thread um between all people and it's usually through that through that struggle you know um and the margins kind of light up mm. and you see that you're not the only one in there i feel like you literally that what just carry on yeah, so um, continuing on that story, I guess, um, and this is a little bit personal, but I met a, I met a, a woman there, a mother, um, who I just vibe was so hard. Eh? She was hilarious, she was nurturing, and I realised kind of in hindsight now that she was echoing so much of my mum back to me. Mm. Um, and because I was so far away from home, I found it really hard to plug into my own tipuna and feel kind of safe and grounded, especially because I knew that this was such an unsettled space for me and I was now lifted off the ground and getting smacked up, (laughs) (laughs) you know. Um, But, and we talked about it earlier, Mm. um, she could really hold space. Mm. And that term gets thrown around a lot, um, you know, in kind of frivolous ways, but this was a person that could really do it. And uh, we were... We were playing a game <clears throat> and uh, where you had to kind of, it was a theatre sport game, where you had to kind of make the person respond to you negatively or say no to you. Mm. But, uh, um, and I did really well at the game. You know, like I was uh, cheeky and, you know, being a cheeky Māori. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, and, and I was really able to get the kind of people to respond and say, oh, no, no, no. And then, you know, they'd be out, next one comes in. Uh, but I got knocked out. And then she gets up and uh, is doing, uh, is playing the game and she's just killing everybody, you know? And it's almost like she had spent so much time being kind and nurturing to everybody that they just weren't ready, mm. you know? <laughs> they weren't ready. And I, I was watching it happen and uh, the game finished uh, and we all went um, to the kind of sky deck for lunch, this beautiful sky deck that it just had uh, incredible snow-covered mountain range um, on the outside of the window. Just incredible colours reflecting into that where we where we were having lunch. But on the way over to lunch, um, I said to her, "Man, a contrary would be really good at that game, me." Eh? 
And then she was like, what did you say? <laughs> then I was like, uh, you know, Contrary would be really good at their game. And then she just went quiet and we kind of walked over to lunch really quiet. And as we were getting our meat and stuff from the uh, buffet, she said to me, um, did I did I ever tell you that I was contrary? And I was like, hmm. nah, I don't think so. And she's like, yeah, I don't tell many people that. Oh. And, I <laughs> and so she said, um, you know, how did you, how did you know? And I said, I, I couldn't figure it out. You know, it took me kind of, I went to my room that night and I was like, man, why did I, why did I know that I've only just recently been introduced, recently been introduced to this term of contrary, which I'll break down mm-hmm. in a bit. <clears throat> um, and then she was like, oh, come to lunch with me the next day. And she said to me, essentially she said to me, you know, you could see that I was a contrary because that's where you are now. So you're not really in the spirit of, your spirit's not moving as a man right now. Mm. Your spirit's kind of drifted over to contrary. So a contrary spirit is like two-spirited, mm. uh, you know, well-balanced, masculine and feminine. But the contrary spirit is interesting, one, in how it behaves, and two, in um, in the in the way that uh, if you have a best friend, right, that calls you out, and, and hits you with the honesty and tells you, you know, you're being a dick. That's what the contrary spirit does to yourself, you know. <laughs> so it's like your best friend that will give you the honest, hard truths and the contrary spirit will do that to yourself. Um, but the beauty in the way that it behaves is that it does that through the clown spirit, mm. you know. So when we think of Dave Chappelle, for example, who is a master of this thing, that's where he's going often, you know, is that he he actually gets the plight of the people that he's talking about because he, mm. I imagine that he's bounced outside of himself. Mm. And the time that he spent in, um, when he went back to Africa and spent time with the griots, you know, the indigenous storytellers from in, in Africa, mm. I feel like he probably went and developed that craft in a very similar way that I experienced in um, Canada, but um, obviously... He's the macadamia. He's the macadamia at it, um, and so yeah, it, it does it through clownish behaviour. And what I mean is that comedy will allow you to pierce into subject matter that no other kind of way of speaking mm-hmm. can go. You know, and so um, and so I recognise that, right? I recognise that when she was doing, when she was smashing everybody and getting them to say no, and she had this kind of walking, this really clever um, knife edge of comedy and too real. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, so um, to bring that full circle, that's how I kind of bounced outside myself, um, and I was able to kind of see life from a new perspective. And in the and in journeying, in journeying to a contrary spirit and looking at life from that perspective, um, the taste and the the taste for wanting to do more and go deeper and understand the plight of more people really started to kind of liven up. Mm. Yeah, and I, you know, where I come from is um, poverty, yeah, relative poverty, but also kind of machoism, um, kind of upbringing. So, mm. so to 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 arrive at a point in my life where I'm having these experiences, and it was, I mean, it was just last year, you know, that um, to really break my own shell was incredible. And it's some, and then I realized one more thing. <laughs> And then I realized, um, and this was a massive realization when it comes to the work that I was doing on the manuscripts. So in my mind, I thought, okay, my job uh, in working with young men and getting them to express and use poetry as a tool to kind of uh, break up the storms in their mind and get it down on paper. Um, I thought that my job was to try to help develop um, good men. But I realized in walking away from that experience in Banff that actually some of these young boys won't even want to be men mm-hmm. when they grow up. And I would have to recognize that and see that and support it and encourage it and advocate for that in my work coming home. Yeah. I could almost cry listening to that because I feel like that's the first time I've ever heard an adult say that 
and I'm 28. I'm like, that, yeah, the impact of that message or the just the even like you're willing to go there and, mm-hmm. and put yourself there yeah. so that you can open up and hold space for other people who actually don't know that they're they're in that space or they operate in that space because their conditioning does not teach them at all mm. about acceptance in that holistic like environment totally um yeah wow and you do you have to you get sense you have to experience you know in a way that is just completely sensory overload and they talked about um the six ears you know the two ears of the mind the two ears of the heart and the two ears of the stomach and when we're listening in that way you know, if, if your heart is on, your mind is on, and your stomach is on, well, that's two, That's already two more places where you can store that information in your body. Mm, you know? mm. and, and the mind is just processing anyway. You know, but it'll sit in the heart, it'll sit in the stomach, and it'll dissolve and, and manifest in you with a little bit more oomph, you know, with a little bit more power. Mm. Mm. <laughs> he wasn't ready. <laughs> it's like, my mind has just been blown. so how how did that experience change the way that you support young people now in your mahi yeah i think um the concept of truly identifying and advocating and representing and speaking for all the walks of life in our community became just paramount Mm. um because there's so many um walks of life and ways of being just here in Hamilton City that have no representation, no platform to speak, no environment to be. And imagine that for a second. That sucks. Mm. (laughs) And Mm. then when you do try to go out and be yourself and do your thing, the weight of the narratives of society stays now. And it stuck with me in a heavy way because I was okay. I mean, I'm a Maori um, man, so we have our own struggles. Everybody has their struggles. Mm. But in a way, you know, I played sport. I did the thing. I could have lived inside that paradigm quite happily, you know, and just played my role as mm. an athlete, as a brown male athlete. There was a pla- There's a place for me in that, you know. Mm. But it's just not enough, eh? It's not enough to sort yourself out. And that's not the messages that are incoming from my tipuni every day. It's not the reason why mm. my right ear hurts all the time, you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, that's not that's not what they were about, you know? Mm. Um, dare I say, you know, we're all looking just for deeper or sharper ways to articulate how to bring love into the world. That's it. Yeah. And we went there so quickly. Sorry, go. We were already there. No, no fine. I'm just like <laughs> having a moment over here. Yeah. No, and, that's that's truly it. And I can't get off that ride anymore. You know, I'm just on it. Yeah. When I was saying to you, how do you switch off, like outside? That's what I was meaning. Like mm. I'm on that train, and that train is so heavy, and I feel like I can be shallow and pretend that it doesn't exist. Mm. But my heart and my ears and it's like my mind will not shut off that the love that I seek and the love that I want totally on the inside can help everybody. Totally. Yep. And I feel like I don't know how to actually I, I, I probably do. I just have been lazy to dive in deeper to actually understand and articulate what that means. But right now I'm just like. I think I'm in war because I'm like, I, my past told me this mm. and my present is telling me this to, to, to move and shift. Yeah. And that's the part where I'm like, oh. <laughs> and it, like I said, like, so low-hanging fruit, it's easy for me to look around and complain instead of mm. look around and be like, actually, let me look around on the inside. Because mm. I'm looking around on the outside, if I'm being frank. Like, I'm like... It's not happening on the outside, so it's the world's fault. And then we let the outside or external forces forces um, move us to a place of inaction. Mm-hmm. And it changes the it changes my spirits. And it hurts. And, and it's like I'm not 
it's weird because every time I try to talk about this, the people that hear me think that I'm, I'm, I'm complaining about the oppression. And I'm like, I don't know how to explain it to you. Mm. I just get it. And I know what it feels like. I know what radical self-love is. And I don't know how to tell you that you can access that. Totally. Or everyone can access that. Yeah. Because when everyone's telling me like, oh, you must have had a shitty week or a shitty day. Or like, and I'm like, I've never had a shitty day in my whole life. I've, I've, I've had shitty moments of the day, but for the 24 hours of the day, I'm like, what? Mm. Mm. Uh, and then like, you know, oh, you've got so much on your plate. Blah, 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 and I'm like, that's the fun part. <laughs> mm. That's fun for me. Mm. Yep. <laughs> this, I, I'm, so I keep on telling everyone now that I'm distracted. I'm not busy. I'm distracted with all the things that are helping me keep my conditioning lifestyle. Nice. Yeah. And then what? term busy, eh? Biz. We've all got to move away I from the term busy. So mm. like, you just have mm. priorities and what, what you're going to put at the top of that list or you're going to let be at the top of that list. And I find that a lot of people um, let that be work. Yeah. Like work is my priority or like, sorry. Go there. Um, like all these things that society, Western, white Western society tells us are important and what those societies tell us to be proficient and is to be successful. Mm. And I'm like, actually, well, in my worldview anyway, mahi's just a vehicle to get me to something else, mm. not with the destination. Yep. And I'm just like, well, fuck, I'm just there to pay my bills, mate. Like, <laughs> <laughs> totally, because we do live in this reality, so we still mm. have to make it work here. Yeah. You know, like I have to bring my dreams here to create them. So I've mm. still got to understand that this is the duality reality. So mm. I've got to find balance here, you know. I've got to try to make it work here. And that's that we were talking about it outside. So when you think about people like like we were talking about um, Tupac, you know. I mean, he was there. He was, he was, he had sharpened his tool of expression, you know, of his message. Mm. Whether it was the gangster rap or yeah, the loving rap about his mother, there was always an undertone of, man, there's some heart in this stuff. There's some heart in this stuff. And sometimes it's not about, and we do this all the time, right? And I don't know why we do it to ourselves either, but we give ourselves measures and KPIs and outcomes. That are time-based. And I'm like, time's actually the biggest enemy here, <laughs> like longevity. <laughs> yeah, and it shouldn't be. Time is the best. Mm. Boy, you <laughs> go there. Tell us tell, yeah. tell us your whakaro around time. Well, it's, you know... It doesn't exist when the experience is magic, you know? And th- and we build constraints of time around experience by loading up the outcomes before we've had the experience. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm, yeah. lo- I'm loving it because yeah. I'm like, you literally are calling mm. it out because we, we, we create events, we tell them it's from nine to four and we tell them they'll, they'll have fun from nine to four only, <laughs> yeah. which yeah. means that I'm like, we're already setting them up for expectations that are absolutely unreal. Because yeah. we don't know what like the experience or the sensory experience of, of that event. Sensory, totally. And we are in the habit of um, conforming to measures that we don't like. And so we create the measures that we don't like around experiences that we want to be game-changing experiences. Because it's been mimicked to us our whole entire existence, right? Oh, well, and, and if you live in a Western society. Yeah, so we're constantly peeling back the layers of to get to that message, you know. So I think, you know, the practice of a craft, the practice of articulating your message, however that is, whether it's create, and it, well, as a advocate for creativity in the arts, you know, I feel like creativity will really get you there. Mm. It'll really help you to find, to articulate your message, you know, to sharpen your tool, to, to um, and like, like I was saying earlier, you know, it, it comes back to that that heart message, you know, and I talked about um, poetry being a place of testimony for being first. Um, and you mean testimony in a, like, what What do you mean from, from mm. like, what do you mean when you say testimony? Because the only other times I've heard testimony was from a religious perspective. So yeah, yeah, yeah. What do you mean? Yeah, that's got some connotations, eh? Mm. I mean, just speaking your truth. Yeah. Like, <laughs> have you ever seen uh, the movie uh, Couples Retreat? Yeah, mm-hmm. you know, and he gets attacked by that little baby tiger shark, uh, Vince Vaughn, Vince <laughs> yeah. Vaughn, and it was like a tiger shark. But, um, but to him, he was super afraid, and they were like, 
It was just a little baby tiger shark. And he's like, I know my truth. <laughs> <laughs> I know my truth. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was in danger. I know my truth. Um, <laughs> that was a bit of a tangent, but not really. Um, um, no, I feel yeah, like yeah. it works because well, yeah. I don't know if it has happened for you. Yep. And I'm, I'm assuming here, but you can check me if, if, if it does. But one, when you start to see recipes of how life works from a different lens, every movie that I've watched and rewatched mm. since I've been That's having cool. this new way of looking at things, totally. it's it's hidden right in plain sight. And you can see the concept, right? You can see that, man, they must have really... Because that is just the outcome, you know, and it's probably, it's very imperfect to say the concept that they were probably sitting with when they were conceptualizing this movie. You know, when you think about The Matrix, I think, man, the Wachowski brothers, now Wachowski sisters, must have been so on, you know, like, because this is just one manifest of the thing that's beating away in their hearts, you know, and and even for them to go from, you know, they both had sex, change, sex changes from men to women. I mean, man, tell me about <laughs> tell me about that, eh? Because after the experience I had in Banff, or sorry, before the experience I had in Banff, that would have made a weird sense to me, you know. Like I wouldn't be able to get it the way that I get it now, as if because that's just like that's where they grew to, you know. Mm. And they preferred to sit in this perspective, or maybe they understood the way the world's working now, and they moved into another position of power, you know, because, you know, the world's, the world is going <laughs> to, yeah, the world is going to turn, folks, you know, and, and I think in the best of ways, you know, and they just got ahead of the game. But because they're listening, you know, they, they've got all their ears on and they're listening to the resonance of, of the message, you know, and they've, imagine what they got back after the fact, you know, of having the matrix out in the world you know, what they got back from the world mm. after the fact of presenting this articulation of their heart to the world. I, like, so I, I recommend it to my students to watch it because <laughs> in my head I'm like, you, you need to understand from a different perspective what all this political game is because, like, to me that is such a, like, great, like, when I think of that word, like, that movie, the word that comes to my mind is emancipation. Mm. And, like, to me I'm like, nice. everybody... Des- like deserves emancipation yeah. like and everybody like I'm, I'm kind of moving towards the question of like you spoke about listening and listening versus comprehending what is your perspective on that mm. just right now in the moment comprehending does that thing of what does this mean mm. what is the outcome of the thing I'm hearing what is the outcome you know but i think listening is just listening Mm. you know without without starting to put a fence around it Mm. without trying to comprehend it just to listen Mm. feel that and let it inform you forever more you know this is the trick of our komato eh? they will seed things in you that you will try to comprehend for the rest of your life. <laughs> you know, but... Right, here you go. Good luck. Yeah, yeah. But the skill and the art of it was just to listen mm. and to allow it to come and be a part of a part of your life and to continue to inform you. Mm. Mm. And at some... You know, you might be lucky enough that someday the penny drops. And the penny might not drop in terms of comprehension, but you'll... You know, I, maybe I see myself at 60 years old. <clears throat> now... Passing that message on to, you know, my nieces and nephews or you know, mm-hmm. grandkids on the mud eye, the way that it was passed on to me. And in that way, perhaps it was fully comprehended. Beautiful. I feel like, because um, I guess from my understanding, it's always just a struggle to for people to listen in the conditioning. So I guess I have to be really specific around the conditioning. Like mm. it's hard for people to listen firstly, and then to comprehend the message. It's like, oh, you, you, you called it out. We're, we're, we're trying to box it into like the message has to mean something and there has to be an outcome out of it, or there has to be this or that, mm. which I feel like, yeah, I'm so thankful that you actually said what you said because it does shift for me, because I feel like there's a lot of conditioning thinking that I still have not unlearned. Yeah, and it comes back to, I mean, our understanding of time as well. 
you know, we want instant understanding or mm. gratification or whatever we whatever we're listening to, we want it to give us something right away. But better to let it slow cook over the course of your life, I reckon. Particularly if it is where it's coming from, <laughs> you know, particularly say, you know, for example, if it was a komato or tohunga or mm. uh, nah. <laughs> it can actually come from anywhere. Can come from anywhere. And I think that's even a better way to look at it. Yeah. Is that it can come from anywhere and anybody. We can get schooled. <laughs> and uh, uh, by any angle. <clears throat> and uh <laughs> kind of reminds me of um just an idea that um that's kind of pinging away in my head while we're talking, but um of all the potential realities in the world, you may as well pick a good one, eh? Mm. <laughs> and, mm. and I think that's what I've when it comes to storytelling when it comes to poetry um, and metaphor <clears throat> I've <clears throat> excuse me directly related that to metaphysical understanding you know as if metaphor is how we articulate metaphysical mm. um, and man I really enjoy that reality that I never had before you know, it brings so much magic into my life and it, it allows me to really see and visualise my tūpuna, you know, speaking to me and being with me and, and giving me information. And then, you know, on the flip side, um, so it puts me in the spectrum, yeah? Like it puts me in the spectrum of life when I think that way. And then I know that part of my, you know, part of my existence, if not all of it, is about having that, filter through me, you know, mm. and being a, a kind of a mouthpiece or a, or a, a system that hands that over to my kids and so on and so forth. Mm. And I think, um, you know, in Te Ao Māori and indigenous cultures, this is just the norm. But as we were talking about it outside, you know, we think about that in terms of a, of a straight line often. <clears throat> but, um, but actually that thing's coming full circle again and again and again. I think every time we're born and reborn, you know, mm. descendants are born and our kids are reborn, one cycle closes and another one opens, but they're all just looping into each other. You know, much like our, the foundation of all life, eh, the double helix. Mm. Mm. <laughs> it's, yeah, it's, <laughs> it's beautiful and it's powerful because I feel like everything that you've said has literally... Yeah, expanded my mind, challenged it, and at the same time helped me understand what your worldview is like as well because I feel like your worldview is definitely not heard of in, 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 like, in mainstream. And then and, and how would you say... Yeah, 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 I can count the times that people look at me like, what? What is that guy on? What is he on? <laughs> you know, and isn't that a good thing, though? Yeah, it is because, you know, you in a way I've, I feel like they were listening. Mm-hmm. And listening in the context of what we're discussing, listening mm. to be, you know, and um, enjoy that whittle, <laughs> enjoy that challenge, you know, because I get it every day as well from people in my life, from my daughters, you know, mm. schooling me on how to be a dad. I mean, if you want to learn how to be a dad, let your children teach you, mm. yeah, or share with you. Teach is another thing as well, eh? Teaching versus sharing. If we learn to share, it changes that whole dynamic. Yeah. Whole power dynamic. Mm. It changes the whole power dynamic. Mm. Like I'm on. Uh, like as a facilitator, I don't like to be that traditional mold of I know and you don't, and I'm mm. filling an empty but like a bank. Yeah. And I'm like, that's not me. That's not. I've I've never been like that, and I've always been in a process of you go to the to the expert in the village to learn from them and then they go to someone else and it's like mm. everyone's got a different expertise and it is like what you said it's sharing and also to go back to what you were saying before around um everything's kind of cycled and it goes in and out through times um of all like just this year i've been ex I've, I've accepted that i'm an avatar of my ancestors that's cool. and like I, I claim that like i say i am an avatar of my ancestors because I, I, I like to consider myself as a vehicle of their message. And at the same time, um, it's been challenging to try and think in that space, if I'm being honest, because knowing that process is one thing, but also trying to achieve or action in that frame of mind, like mind state, mm. 
completely different approach. Like, mm. I've fa- I'm, fa- I'm currently failing through it. I, I, I don't know what it is that is right, but I'm also not giving myself, like, that doubt. Because I, like, I feel like mm. giving me that doubt is not going to achieve this whole thing. So I'm like, you know what, let me fail through it. I've, I've failed through everything else in my life. Like, yep. But I don't consider failure as, like, eh. I'm like... Ooh. Failure's also teaching lessons. I'm like, oh, snap, that did not work for me or other people <laughs> that were involved. No. But, yeah. Yeah, yeah totally. Um, all of my big lessons have, in life have been from making mistakes. Mm. Bad ones, big ones, you know. And uh, <laughs> <laughs> Guilty. <laughs> yeah, same. And I love that. Uh, like, oh, probably shouldn't have done that. Oh, well. <laughs> I learned something. Yeah. yeah. Next thing. Yeah. And if I didn't learn it, well, then it'll just happen again, eh? Mm. Yeah. Until. I, I finally do <laughs> learn. pick up the lesson, yeah. The, um, I love what you said about the avatar, though. Um, because it's all divine and sacred incoming, you know? And it's like, well, I can't comprehend all of that, you know? But I can try. Mm. And, and then a part of me exists in this as well, you know? Like, all of this is incoming through my human experience. It's filtering through my, through me, my my reality here and now. Mm. So, the value of me goes up. You know, the value of what I am and who I am and my experience as a human being goes up. And I don't look at my life at a lack. Um, I mean, I often do, but in my better states, you know, <laughs> I don't look at my life as a lack. Uh, growing up, urbanized Maori, disconnected from Te Ao Maori. You might see that as a lack, you know, um, half cast stuck in between two worlds, you know, uh, and I can't quite fully manifest in uh, kind of the way society is and in our um, kind of colonized Europe, European way of living either. So rock in a hard place and I could see that as a lack as well. But there's so much beauty in walking that fine line, you know, oh, yeah. and now that the world is looking for balance and flow and everything's mm-hmm. hybrid and businesses are coming together, looking at collaboration and, you know, we don't want collaboration to be this tokenistic thing anymore and we're really trying to make things happen um, in terms of partnership and flowing together. Mm. Well, who better to do that than somebody that's walked that fine line of balance their entire lives? Right. What better archetype is there in the world than me to do that, mm. you know, than us to do that? Because that's all I've ever known. <laughs> so are you saying that your life was preparing you for these moments? I think so. This whole time? I think so, yeah. And every time? Yeah, yeah. And it, I mean, it's always been that moment. Mm. Um, I have, uh, you know, <laughs> I look at it in this way. So uh, I think a few years ago I was working in an organisation <laughs> where we were looking at fusing tikanga and policy. So mm. we had the lawyers on one side and then we had our kaumatua and kuya on the other side. And... Um, Bring these thing, two things together, you know, te ao Māori, tikanga, kaupapa, whakaro Māori, and then um, policies and procedures and human uh, mm. HR stuff on this side. Um, and the best we got was this kind of um, uh, paralleling each other, you know. Uh, this world came here beside the other world, and they, sorry, nobody can see my hands. <laughs> uh, and they were just paralleling each other, but they were also um, highlighting the disconnect, you know, they were highlighting how these two things actually are not kind of working well together and how do we bridge that, how do we bridge that, how do we fuse those things, how do we get them to turn and twist like a double helix and, mm. and forge together as life and new fusion, you know, <laughs> Go be it. from the from the double helix to the nucleus to the cell to the organ to the body. <laughs> yeah. I love that science. No, no. But, but but how do we do, <laughs> how do we do that? You know, like how do we get these two worlds to come together? Um, and so he brought me into the mix. Uh, the Komato brought me into the mix, mm. and I I can't help but feel is because he knew that, you know, he knew that around post nineteen eighty five these are these are dual world walkers, world walkers, you know, and we need somebody who understands what this fine line might look like mm. because it's not a bridge, is it? It's not one sphere here of te ao Māori. It's not one sphere here of um, uh, society and the things we live in right now and then this bridge in between because then, then I'm a temporary thing, you know, and I'm not even a thing. I'm just bridging these two mm. worlds. That's not right. Actually, it's a sphere and a reality of its own, mm. you know, that is in between. 
And so I get, you know, what I'm saying is that my experience that may be viewed as a lack of both of these worlds is actually a full and complete, valuable, essential sphere of life and all the realities and spheres of life that we exist. Mm. You need it. We need it, you know. And when we think about Treaty of Waitangi, when we think about um, duality and the way it works in, in Aotearoa, it could be better. 100%. It could be so much better. Mm. And we know that. We bought, We were born into it. And so, uh, again, working with young people, I think they have so much to share with us around mm. that. They have so much to share with us around how it actually works and how it can work and how we can do the, how we can really achieve that um, fusion, you know, and in uh, kind of the in the country and the world that we live in today. Mm. Mm. On the opposite end of that, do you reckon that? because we haven't been able to, like, as a society, we haven't been able to to fix, you know, something like the treaty. You know, we haven't been able to, to, to not mm. bridge it, but we haven't been able to, to, you know, really encompass what that connection looks like. Mm. It's manifested and it's it, like that as an ugly, like, entity, or that as an entity, educational or not, I wouldn't say it's ugly, but that as an entity has manifested itself to, like, different little things where it's kind of like going back to our corridor before. If you don't learn it one time, mm. it manifests into other different things and it might take one year 100 years mm. but it's just it's still going through that so do you reckon that that as a cycle like what are your thoughts on that well, we have to come back to it mm. because there i feel like the original intention has been toxified and reiterated in its toxic state again and again and again and again you know we have not we have not been able to use it as the foundation in the way that it was intended mm. um and we ha- yeah, and we've arrived at a point now where um, inequity is everywhere. Mm. Uh, you know, and uh, I was hearing it in the little kind of spiel about this podcast, <laughs> podcast, you know. And so now we're challenging that. Now we're trying to walk that thin line, you know. And in Māori there's a uh, whakatauki kamua kamuri, go backwards into the future. Mm. And so history mm. needs to be present still in all of the things that we're trying to achieve. There's no innovation here. There's no new thing it's just re-innovation of something old to fit the environment in which we live because mm. the world has changed it's a new environment and we need to and what what does ideal support in that space look like moving forward because you've talked about needing mm. to bring the the past back to us so is it maybe educating about the past and the things that worked or didn't work or like what does ideal support look like moving forward from here experience mm. I think we need to come back to um, free reign experience mm. um, and allowing that to fail as it does in life because we were our greatest lessons learnt uh, and allowing it the experience to just grow and be and, and manifest and inform how we go forward um, until such a point that we can kind of look back on it and review that experience now. Like we let it, we let it run its course. Mm. Um, but there's kind of, uh, I say to my daughters all the time, you know, the only laws and rules I don't want you to break are the laws of nature. Beautiful, <laughs> beautiful. Yeah, and love that, that. That will teach you, you know, mm. then you'll know. <clears throat> um, and so we have to come back to that in a way as well, like strip away all the stuff, um, yeah, and really allow, no, not allow e- either, yeah, I'm just kind of sitting in this <clears throat> philosophical soup at the moment <laughs> around, um, sorry, what was the, the question exactly again? Like what does... So moving forward into the space of like collaboration mm. and this connection between like tikanga and policy maybe mm. yeah. and how can nice. we make that less of a dualism of like tikanga on one side mirrored by policy on the other. How can we, like what does support look like in 
that as an example to make it less of a mirror and more of a connection. Marriage. Yeah. Mm. Quit the mirror, yeah. bring in the marriage. Nice. Yeah, because it's, it's <laughs> it yeah. kind of, I mean, I, I can recognise it too in society at the moment that there's the Western world trying to integrate with Te Ao Māori, but it does, in my experience and from what I've seen, it is a lot of, oh, well, if they do that, then we can do this. Mm. Less of a, how can we do this together? It, it really is a big question. Mm. Yeah, for sure. Um, but, I, but I'm going to give it a go. <laughs> um, equity has to be achieved here. Mm. Like, you know, te ao Māori, uh, let's, let's go back to the DNA strands just for mm-hmm. just ahead. for fun's sake. Let's go science. You know, so there are two, you've got the two strands and uh, they haven't quite interwoven yet. Um, but each of those strands are equally as important as the other. Mm-hmm. And we're not even there yet. You know, it's not even an equitable situation to, for life to kind of to build on yet. You know? mm. Te ao Māori is not resourced and funded and, and even ideologically seen. You know, we're still trying to tackle stereotypes of savagery. Did, have we seen that? <laughs> have we seen that? Uh, you know the the Twitter I think or the tweet that went out about our, oh, our you know our new foreign minister. Yes. Oh, I feel like we need to talk to that. Uh, talk you know, to that just yeah. a bit. Like, what are you? What are your th- thoughts on that? Just the same. I think it's in the same lane. Is that we haven't even reached that place where mm. we where we can see the value of this. Of people don't want that fusion to happen. You know, mm. and it, for whatever reason, I'm not insinuating hate. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but for whatever reason, you know, because often actually what we operate from is is a sense of good, mm. you know, and everybody feels like they're doing the right and good thing. Yeah, you know, and I'm being a Maori, I'm driving this thing, <laughs> but other people feel like they're doing the right and good thing in totally other spheres. And that's mm. Army, Navy, you name it. Mm. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, um, but it needs to be. I mean, needs to be. These words are not my favorite, but. Equity needs to be achieved there before we can even kind of fuse these things together, mm. before these two worlds can collide in a meaningful and life, mm. life-forging way. Often we talk about, you know, we, we jump ahead even sometimes and we talk about how New Zealand's a multicultural place. Um, but, we haven't, <laughs> but we haven't even been able to properly define and reach um, duality yet. Mm. Mm. And once those two po are able to stand together beside each other at their full capacity, well, then we might finally be able to see how they can how they can come together. Mm. Mm. You're so right. And at the same time, like you, like I think you 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 hit it on the nail when you said that's a massive t- to like mountain, mm. like that's a massive moment to tackle, mm. especially when everyone thinks they're doing the good by good's sake. Like, and in my head, I'm like. From your perspective, you know, from your lens, you're doing great. From every other lens, you're doing damage. And I think in our relationality to land, to nature, to each other, mm. we're at that, we're, we're like, that's a direct reflection. Like, I'm trying to support you from my lens. Yeah, that's I'm tr- right. Yeah, I'm, yeah. Trying to, I'm, I'm trying to love yeah. you from my lens. Yeah. And I'm going to try yeah. and understand or listen to you from my lens. And it's yeah. like, hmm. And offer solutions from to your perspective from yeah. my lens. Totally. So fuck you to that. <laughs> <laughs> and that's, I mean, that's why I keep playing with this idea of the two DNA strands because, you know, life and life, you know, without, that's the level of kinship and understanding that we, that I feel that, um, that I want to bring into the world with my poetic articulations and way of being and way of seeing the world is that um, we're all kin, mm. like to the max. Mm. And without each other, you know, there is no life here, like life. <laughs> mm. Without each other, there's no life here. That's that's where we're at, mm. you know. Mm. I totally receive that, and I totally like. No one's telling me this, but I believe that. Mm. Like I believe what you're saying because it's just I. There's nothing like I. I could I could plug in the the, the scriptures from the Bible if you want, or I could plug <laughs> in the academic journals, but when you feel something like I'm like I guess that's where if, 
for me in my master's journey, it's been hard to try and figure out how I collaborate with um, people of other um, like perspectives or other lived experiences because their their perspective on on, on the kaupapa or on, on the topic, I'm like, hmm. Yeah, that that comes from a certain place stat, status and like, mm. like you know that comes from a specific like tone. Totally. And in my head, I'm like, how do I collaborate with people who don't think like me, but at the same time, not lose the essence of what I think like or what mm. what, what 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 my people think like? Because it's not like I'm, I'm the collective intelligence of my people. Totally. So I don't understand. Like, I guess trying to build that bridge. Or trying to build multiple bridges around that because I'm like it's not a as much as I'd love for it to be a blame game and I'm like like if you to all the westerners and all of those things like it that be that's low hanging fruit for me I'm like the high fruits <laughs> the, the, the fruits yeah. that are actually hard to get is that collaboration on all levels of actually just sharing ideas and ideals like I'm like intelligence and the brain is a supercomputer which means that <laughs> I could I I could speak five languages if I wanted to. You know, if I train myself, if I went into the and I can do it, or otherwise if I dive deep into myself, those tongues might come out naturally. Mm. You know, and I, I I haven't listened enough for that. Mm. But yeah, it's been such a like I guess to me I'm I'm really projecting that it's been hard to try and find an, an equilibrium of how to embed indigeneity and indigenous thoughts and like, you know, Matoranga Maori, because uh, I love the worldview, and I think I've been placed here for a specific reason because I think, in a way, there is a connection between these lands and and the whakapapa of these people, like the people of Aotearoa, and my people, like in the lineal perspective. So, in the lineal perspective of Ooh. of of whakapapa, um, there I, I I don't know why, but I just know it is because these um I don't know if I can say this on the podcast, but. Um, there, there is a massive connection, and there is, um, totally. There, 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 yeah, there's a massive connection there. Yeah, yeah, and I feel like I can't wait for to listen to that because I think I'm, I'm, I'm still trying to see it <laughs> and be like, show, show me when I need to actually listen to it, which is the perfect message that I'm receiving from you today. Actually, I think one great practice is to dive into those challenging spaces. Eh? Mm. Um. <laughs> Man, have yeah. you not challenged me enough today? <laughs> <laughs> no, no, carry on, I carry just, on. You know, like um, a challenge is a, is a garden of growth. Oh. Mm. Nice. Can you just say that one more time for the people in the back? Challenge. <laughs> challenge. <laughs> your best like, TV yeah, 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 voiceover. Yeah, challenge is a garden of growth, if not the best mm. garden of growth um, in my experience. Mm. Mm. So often I'll just test the test the waters, eh? um, and look for challenging conversations and spaces for growth. Mm. See, I told you, you know, I'm wanting to speak science. He speaks science, and then he's telling me to also <laughs> jump into science. <laughs> I don't know because that was my limiting belief because science, like obviously science wasn't taught to us from an indigenous lens mm. so i didn't think that indigenous science existed or in a science practice or discipline within indigeneity existed because it was presented to us very whitewashed so i i purely thought for so long that science was not my like my language but the more that i look into the way that i process my thoughts mm. i'm like oh my gosh i'm low-key scientific with it <laughs> i'm looking for the facts the recipe the methodology like all of those things and yeah that is one aspect from my condition like my formal education sure but at the same time in my head i'm like actually i had that way before i started <laughs> i've been curious and asked like mm. at all the all our chiefly meetings I'm like right there with my grandpa and my grandma, like asking all the questions that I'm not supposed to be asking, like a little kid <laughs> saying, oh, but why did you guys cheat with each other? Like, and I'm just sitting there like, this is a full on like community dispute. And I'm like, but why did you sleep with the next door neighbor's wife? <laughs> Yeah. And I'm sitting there yeah. and I think my grandparents knew that there was a, it was purposeful why I was there. Totally. I didn't, no. Yeah. But now looking back. Mm. Mm. Juice. Yeah, sure. All right, so give us 
so some topics that you think are in the far queue that need to be brought up to the front line so that we can actually talk about them and actually start addressing them on a real level? Um, yeah, well, that conversation about um, really making practical those conversations about um, equity. Mm. Um, and I don't know if I'm the best guy for that. I kind of take it more uh, poetic and philosophical. That's my kind of position in it. But I use that as in a practical way to inform as well. Um, and then, you know, and we've been kind of talking in and around it um, uh, today, around uh, all I owe. Who am I? Mm. Uh, the internal reflection is necessary, Socrates, eh? You know, what is life without the internal examination? Uh, yes, yes. yes. So I think, you know, and and, and again, you know, in, in Te Ao Māori, and I'll, I'll just leave, I'll leave this as a seed, I suppose, but um, kōwaiō, not as a question, but as in taking ownership of that is what you are. Stop, mm. I'm not ready. One more time, one more time, one more time. So kōwaiō, kōwai koe, you know, is often presented as a question, who are you, who am I? But take the question mark away, the statement is, I am water. Call Wyo. Hmm. Connectedness, you know, um, the totality in that, eh? I'm a body of water. Uncle Bruce was on, <laughs> you know, when he talked about, uh, you know, put water in a teacup, you become the teacup. Mm. Mm. Oh. Uh, I think, you know, as a question to explore, I mean, endless, endless value mm -hmm. in exploring who we are. Yeah. And, it'll, and again, it'll, it'll teach us about equity as well. You know, when we look at body of water to body of water to body of water, then all of the stereotypes, all of the things that we assign that make us different and separate just emulsifies like a drop of water in the ocean. Mm. Mm. Cause literally, that's that. Like, so I, I, I've lit. I, I keep on telling my students, I'm like, we don't even know that our technology that we use derived from nature. One hundred percent, yeah. You know, like all the things that we use to, to to communicate and all the things that we use in the now. I'm like, all of this is derived from nature, family. And if we don't know how to relate to nature and uplift nature in that aspect, we're already in debt. We're in overdraft right now. Mm. So, um, I don't know if um you've um dealt with anything around deep ecology or shallow ecology but that's just like the the western way of teaching us what we already know as indigenous people like and i think in a way of like man relationality is everything like totally yeah people land water and i, I literally had to close my eyes to see what what i could hear with my eyes <laughs> and i swear i saw waves like blue wave shocks going out when you were talking i'm like oh nice beautiful it's anesthesia yeah <laughs> I um, I was chatting with a mate uh, at a birthday party, I think, talking about the concept of the, the sweet kumara and how in Māori, you know, the kumara doesn't speak of its own sweetness. Mm. Stop, uh, stop, stop. He, <laughs> you know, and I, again, that's probably another important piece to explore Aye. in this space, I imagine. Uh, and it's around story. Uh, and then he said to me, well, that's because we know the story of the kumara, so we know it's sweet. And then he pointed to some leaves on a tree and he said, perhaps if we knew the story of those leaves, we'd know they were sweet as well. <laughs> and then he took it a step further and said, yeah, you know, the ants might think those leaves are sweet. <laughs> and it just brings, you know, and then he said, you know, and then he got even funnier and he said, you're the man. And then I re realized that what he was saying is um, know your story, know how sweet you are. Mm. 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 And I said, well, so are you. <laughs> <laughs> I said, you're the man too. And he's like, yeah, yeah that's it. That, that's it. And, uh, and then one more little conversation we were having in that moment talking about the ecology, uh, sorry, the ecosystem 
beneath a rock. And I said, man, you know, in Te Aumarama, the world that we live in today, we can't even lift up a rock without knowing everything that's underneath that rock. You know, there's there's no rock unturned, there's no stone left unturned. But we don't know the entire ecosystem living beneath that rock, you know. We know the bugs, we know the plants, we know the dirt, we know the mm. et cetera, et cetera. And then he said, what rock? <laughs> oh, mind-blowing. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And I was like, oh, man, what did you just say? But I mean, I got it in the moment, you know. <laughs> Yeah, what rock? Boom. You know, we. That's, this is where we're at, mm. you know. We talk about science, you know. This is where we're at. This is how much we know. And this is how much our tipuna knew. You know, this is. But without the formal education, without all of those yeah, things, right? Yeah, yeah. They listen to the songs of the rock. They listen to the stories of the trees, you know. And I've, they... <laughs> I'm just done because I'm literally so done with you right now. <laughs> no, because I don't know why, but like you've literally, I've been telling Kelsey, I'm like, I'm, I've, I literally started diving into plant consciousness. Nice. And just because I, fa- I fell on it, I fell on the right person at the right time. And Monica um, Galliano, Gagliano, she like science the hell out of uh, out of like communication with with plants and she says that it like they speak through sound vibrations and it's music so every plant has its hidden song and like has her her mm. focado around it mm. is like um thus i spoke to the plant or thus the plant spoke to me yeah. and i'm like and then hearing you talk about your analogy with i'm like what imagine if we could vibe you know at the frequency of those plants done and it seems so achievable when we think about the world uh, the way tesla told us to eh, you know in terms of frequency and vibration but he's like he was way like, and he's still a way too ahead of his game like no yeah. one wants to, to well alien that guy mm. Mm. well it would change the whole way we approach electricity oh totally yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. free energy yeah. it's everywhere yeah. Just humming out of the ground. But no, we need to mon- we need to monetize it and monopolize <laughs> it. Okay, yeah, that's right. <laughs> no, all right. So, um, any 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 um, projects you're coming coming into or um doing in the ne- next half of this year? Because I know that I'm actually gonna try and subscribe to your um creative hour or your creative. This you tell us more about this. Ah, uh, so yeah, my um workmates are doing a thing called Creatively Wide. Yeah. They bring in creatives to have very similar conversations like this, but through the lens of the arts mm. and creativity um, and just kind of having a insightful look into how the creative mind works of different local creatives in the in the region. Um, yeah, and then... Uh, I'm so subscribed to that. Yeah, and we'll link it down below too, yes. so if you want to check it out, you can... We, we need more of this, like other avenues of explaining reality as totally, opposed to just... Totally social media and i think um if we separate arts and creativity what we i think one of the ways that we're leaning towards this i suppose in this in the realm of creativity is using um the arts (laughs) as a platform to enhance um creative things that don't even exist yet Mm. you know because we can't assign them to the arts because they don't exist yet but there's so many creative ways of thinking and being and technological advancement that are being thought about and conceptualised in people's minds that is arts and creativity that hasn't been unearthed yet. Thank you for coming through. We do really appreciate you coming and sharing your experiences. Awesome, yeah. Really enjoyed where that, where that went. Yeah. Um, and if people want to connect with you, like you want to plug in your socials? Yeah, I suppose as an artist, I only really have my um, Instagram page called Wizard of Megos. Yes. My original handle was Megos27, and um, so my artist page is the wizards of that guy. Mm. The words of that guy. Wow. But also, obviously, a play on uh, Wizard of Oz, which I is a movie, timeless movie. Of mm. Oh, yeah. Plug countless in, plug value. In, plug, in your, value. plug in your, um, your, your top three movies then. Uh, in recent times, um, Interstellar. Because, you know, a lot of people saw it in different ways, but I saw it as this powerful bond between um, a father and a daughter. And being that I'm a, a father to two daughters, you know, um, not even space and time could keep them apart. Eh? So, yeah, 
uh, Interstellar's one. Uh, what have I watched recently? Um, hmm. Yeah, I suppose, well, you know, when The Matrix did happen in the first instance, that was a big movie for me. Uh, and then um, uh, there was a, a thriller called Old Boy, a Korean thriller called Old Boy that um, just was a total mind bend <laughs> and break and smash and crumble. Uh, that I watched uh, uh, many years ago, and I think Spike Lee did a rem- American remake that doesn't quite hit the mark, but um, but the original um, Korean Korean movie was uh, exceptional. I, f- I feel like <laughs> we're all asleep on Korean movies. Like, <laughs> yeah, they yeah. they they go in deep. Like they, they go yeah. in deep. Yeah, and and so every time I watch um, foreign movies, and because I'm reading it. My, my sensory experience of that movie, completely different. And I'm like, I have to pause. I have to pause and go back because I'm like, no, nah, I missed the message. Yeah, I'm with you. Yeah, I'm, yeah, I've missed yeah. the whole message. <laughs> <laughs> and even though I've already seen it twice or three times, I'm like, nah, I need to watch it again. Yeah, they're so, they're so um, blatantly metaphorical. And, you know, in Parasite, when he's like looking at the painting, <laughs> he's, like, he's like, it's so metaphorical. <laughs> like just rubbing it in your face that this is a totally different brand of movie. <laughs> just because they can as well yeah, yeah. and I'm like oh okay if you get it you get it if you don't yeah. the, the ship is sailed yeah, like that, that scene I feel was purpose built for western audience say, to be like look at this movie again you know look at everything that's happening here and you'll start to see how metaphorical every kind of colour and scene is mm. I do I mean yeah I'm, I'm big on the Korean movies yeah. alright thank you so much alright Fuck you. Fuck you. Fuck you. Fuck you, everybody, and have a great day, wherever you're listening from. Bye. Bye.